And now, back to Tesh Matters with Jeff Boggs. New Iberia's only daily live call-in talk show. Thirty minutes after eleven o'clock, our Mellow Joy Coffee time. My pleasure to welcome back to the show, Richard Abear, Abear's Garden Center. How you doing, sir? Hey, Jeff. Uh, good morning. I'm doing good. I'm inside. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I, I say it all the time. Uh, in large part, I don't mind the heat. I'm just uh, glad I don't have to work in it. That's but really this has true. been extreme. It's been. Uh, uh, it's it's, uh, it's really unbelievable. I saw the uh, the weather. <laughs> Saturday or Sunday, I think it's 104. Mm-hmm. I saw one of the local stations. Uh, so that's unheard of as far as I can remember. And it's certainly yeah, especially the stretch, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's right. And uh, it's it's the consecutive days of 100, and then for off and on how the whole summer has been that way. So it's definitely different. The dry part, no, I, I've seen I've seen droughts, uh, you know, big time droughts, but never certainly in combination with this unprecedented heat and dry, which is presenting some problems that we'll, we'll discuss uh, uh, in the landscape. Very good. What you want to talk about first? Well, the first thing I want to talk about is the sod, and that's the, that's the, the biggest thing we're getting calls on right now is the sod and, uh, uh, or the lawns. And the, uh, you know, the, the biggest issue is obviously the dry weather, which is presenting a problem because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's creating patches. But we're also seeing chinch bugs. Chinch bugs will usually, uh, they're kind of always present, but you'll see them uh, because they will actually, th- th- there's no moisture in the ground, so they start to cut the, the rhizomes to get the moisture. And so that's when they really start to cause problems. So we recommend and go ahead and uh, in, in the areas that you're having the problems, or if it's a small yard, we best to spray the whole yard to take care of the chinch bugs and then start watering. Now, ideally, Jeff, you'd want to water about once a week and get that water, uh, you know, a couple inches in the ground if you can. Uh, you know, if you if you water too heavy too fast, a lot of it's going to be is going to run off. Yeah, so you don't yeah. want to do that. So if you can set your sprinkler on where it can run for whatever an hour, and and it doesn't create runoff, then that's that's where you want it. And you just want to get it a deep watering rather than try to rather than try to water every day. If you get that water a couple inches in the ground, it'll stay there for a week. And uh, then you just do it again, and hopefully we get a change. But uh, that's the biggest issue right now. Uh, you know, there are weeds in the lawn. If you have that, then you can spot spray. But the bottom line right now is the issue with the lawn is the is the is the bugs and the dry, or a combination of both. And so, just just uh, be aware if it's out there. Some people say, well, look, I'm not going to spend, you know, the water the water to uh, to uh, to save the grass. And I get that, but it ain't cheap to, to redo the, the lawn. However, sometimes in some yards you have shadier spots and you have sunnier spots. So, you know, you know, or even you might have areas that uh, uh, sometimes you've seen a yard where an area is turning brown toward the middle and maybe the edges are, are, are somewhat greener. So if you're worried about amount of water, focus on the areas that are stressed out the most. Sometimes it's just, uh, it's just runoff, goes to the edges, or maybe if it's near the edge of a, a sidewalk, you know, the dew in the morning will go and wet those areas. So focus on the areas that are obviously stressed out. If the concern is I, I don't want to pay the water bill, just do that. Don't go out there and or with the water hose and stand out there and think that you're doing any good and say, I'm going to stay out here for five minutes. I'm going to wet it. Yeah. It's not going to be enough. So 
get your sprinkler, set the sprinkler. If you're worried about cost, focus on the areas in the full sun or the areas, areas that are obvious that you're having problems, and uh, hopefully that will help. The, uh, you know, the other issue we talked about last week when you, it comes to cutting the grass, cut it as high as you can yeah. and cut it, you know. Is it growing? It is not growing. Yeah. So. And so you shouldn't have to cut it. But some people are real, uh, you know, tunnel vision about this. And, and so they say, well, I'm cutting every, every week. You know, on a Friday, I'm gonna cut it. Eh, if you, can, you might want to think about skipping it because they need that. They need that the uh, the leaves actually to uh, to survive. So mm-hmm. you start cutting, it's going to allow that sun to penetrate, uh, take out more moisture, and um, and the plant just, just is gonna have a harder time surviving. So yeah, take a break. You know, say so, hey, I'll take the month of uh, of August off from cutting the grass. No doubt. So that's one thing. Uh, the other thing, I'll just talk about a few issues that people will, are bringing in. Uh, someone brought a stem, and I don't have it with me, but it's, uh, it was mealybugs. And mealybugs is notorious for this time of year. And mealybugs is these white cotton things with small legs that get on the stems and under the leaves. A lot of times you'll see them on the stem itself. They're usually mis- misdiagnosed as, a, as pottery mildew or because they don't move, or they do move, but it's very, very slow. But you got to look at it very, very close because after a while they get they multiply so fast they're almost one solid white stem. So that's why it looks like pottery mildew. But it's it's mealybugs. You'll see the tiny little legs on them, uh, and uh, so it's an insect, and they're easy to control. But you got to spray them. Uh, we see it uh, mostly on plants that are that are that maybe don't have good air, good airflow. Uh, most common one is coleus because coleus grows so fast. It's a leafy bedding plant that gets big, gets, you know, 18, 24 inches tall, and they grow so fast they get real thick. So, you know, when the temperature is humid, uh, uh, boy, they love, the mealybugs love getting in that area where it stays wet, and, and so they come. And, and, and so you want to just spray it. They will come back, so you want to look for it, uh, you know, a couple weeks later and, uh, spray it twice now and then spray it again in a week and then start checking it every two weeks to make sure it don't come back. But you'll see a lot on bedding plants. We saw one on hibiscus, which is kind of unusual. Not seen as much of it this year as we normally do, only because uh, uh, it's so dry. And uh, But if we ever get a little bit of rain, you'll, we'll start to see these uh, mealybugs come out. Uh, the other one, uh, uh, leaf miners, that's very common. Someone brought on one from a citrus and the leaf miners is those little tiny white squiggly lines on the, in the leaves. If it's a young plant, you want to spray for it. And what you're doing by spraying for the leaf miners is trying to slow them down to control them because the leaf miner is actually in the leaf. So when you spray, you're not really coming in contact with it. Uh, but they, they're going to continue to lay eggs. And so by spraying it, uh, you're going to slow it down. But once they get in the leaf, they're hard to control. Young, like young citrus. Uh, you want to kind of worry about it. bigger citrus, not as much of a concern, but it's usually going to be on the new growth. So if you want to, if you want to spray them, kind of focus your spray on the new growth on the outside, and you don't have to really focus on the inside. You just generally don't have a bigger problem with these leaf mines. So just look for those little scriggly lines. Someone came in yesterday uh, on an interior plant. They said uh, that the uh, pot itself, they saw these little natty-looking bugs all around the soil, and that can be common several times a year but very common right now uh and that is caused by the soil staying too wet now soil staying too wet could be a lot of reasons could be that the uh you know you got a small plant in a big in a big pot so the plants the pot's not drying out as fast it could be that the location of the pot within the the house it's in a dark area so it doesn't dry out as fast and so uh 
but once you got them, you want to, and this is the, it's a little grand. This is called mosquito dunks. Okay. And it's a little grand. You just break up and spread out on it. And this is, this is used for mosquitoes that put it in water and stand in ponds, mm-hmm. uh, wherever you maybe have uh, uh, a water that's not moving. And, uh, and so, because the mosquitoes will lay the already, but this is a great one to control these gnats. You just sprinkle on top of the ground, you water it in, and within 24 hours, the gnats are gone, and, and it's an easily solved problem. You usually so, see it so on the no, interior plants. Normally, you wouldn't you even just toss those in that body of water, but in this case, you want to break it up. Break it up. And then I also have one. I didn't bring it in, but I also have one that's in a jar that's already broken up, oh, okay. and you just sprinkle yeah. it out. But either one would use. Very safe, very organic. If the cat gets into it or whatever, it's not going to be a problem. And uh, um, But you want to get it because the gnats are aggravating, and uh, it'll, they'll multiply really, really fast, and all of a sudden you're going to have just gnats all going yeah. around there. And, and uh, so look for it. And while you're doing it, I'd probably do all the uh, interior plants uh, while you have it. You usually don't see as much of that outside. However, you can uh, if for some reason uh, the pots are staying real, real wet. But it's really hard right now for any pot to stay wet, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> it's because of the heat. And uh, so uh, very easy to control and, and then um, and just want to stay on top of it. <clears throat> the next one, I just got a call in today. And this one, this one uh uh, it's going to be hard to, to, to figure out uh, because it's so hot. But the, he said that he had planted some azalea plants around two months ago or at the end of spring, let's say in Mayish. And he said that uh, he, all of a sudden over the last two weeks, he noticed that the leaves were turning brown from the tips. <clears throat> now, leaves turning brown, from, and these were in the ground, you know, not in a pot or, or a container. They were in the ground. And uh, usually that's a classic sign of too much water. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I said, I said, man, you're not going to believe this. But I said, that is a classic sign of too much water, which I'd find that hard to believe given the weather we had. He says, oh, no, it's true. <laughs> I said, okay, tell me what's going on. He says, I'm soaking them every day. And I said, yeah, that's a problem. So I'm going to tell you <clears throat> that you want to back off. However, in this heat, Jeff, you still got to watch it. Normally I say, you know, once or twice a week for, for beds, uh, but it's extremely hot. So I said back off to every other day and see. Now, what could be happening, too, is that, you know, Jeff, I saw they call it blackjack. It's just heavy clay soils. So depending on how the bed prep was, it could be that that, that clay is holding moisture in there. So when he's watering, it's essentially making a swimming pool underneath the ground mm. so the water is not draining. So it's just staying there. So he goes back in water the next day and kind of fills it up some more. And that's probably what's going on. So by reducing that to every other day, that's going to help a lot. But you still got to watch it. You, 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 you're going to have to really make sure that, uh, that it doesn't dry out. And then it's going to start just burning, you know. And so, so that is a, that's, that's a classic. Hard to do this time of year. But we can see that when it comes to certain, it, it, it's really more to do with the drainage underneath the ground than anything. So ideally, and this is kind of true with everything in the landscape, if you can get away with once or twice a week of deep waterings in the landscape beds, that is ideal. Let's say you have an irrigation. Ideally, Jeff, you want to set that thing to come on every second or third day, uh, and, but water it deep. Mm-hmm. And so you might set it. Now, again, it just kind of depends on what kind of irrigation your system you have, what kind of vo- uh, pressure you have. So I can't tell you, say, look, you know, set, set it to run for, 
you know, a half hour a day. It depends on how much water is coming out and what type of irrigation you got. But what you want to do is if you can get that water in a, in a bed going down three, four, five inches deep, that's going to allow that plant to develop, continue to develop a deep root system, and uh, you're going to water less. So you want a good, slow soaking. Again, same story with the, if you go somewhere, I'm a, I'm going to I'm going to turn the volume up and uh, I'm let it, I'm only going to let it run for 10 minutes. So you flood it and it's running off everywhere. Well that's not it's not it's not a slow deep uh uh watering. So you really that's the key. And the only way to know for sure is to actually get out there, remove that mulch. Heavy mulch is important and put your finger down there and see how deep that water is going. Once you do that and you get a game plan, uh that should carry you certainly in this in this heat for the duration of the thing. You know, I, I said a couple of weeks ago, I have some azaleas that are established azaleas under a tree in the shade, but the tree is pulling that moisture away dramatically. So I'm having to water once a week, but deep waterings. I'll put that, my water hose, at, I only got about seven of them, and, and I'll just set that there and let it run for 20 minutes on a slow, and let it water deep. I do that once a week, and as of right now, it's fine. I, and, I, and I think that's going to be it. As opposed to standing out there with the water hose, Jeff, and, and uh, watering. If you do that, that's fine. But you may, I be, may, I may be out there every day. And so you can say, well, man, the man uh, Richard just told me don't water every day. That's true, unless it's drying out every day. If it's drying out every day, you've got to water every day. But a good soaking, if you do that, you will not have to water every day. And, again, we're stressing Especially in these extreme, yeah. extreme you got to mulch, Jeff. you got to have a thick mulch. You know, one, two, three inches of mulch will help tremendously because the soil temperature doesn't get it hot, and it just, it just holds that moisture. How, how about, and again, not doubting the mulching, does it take a little effort, though, to make sure, you know, once you put the mulch, you may not recognize how dry it is below? That's true. So you got to go, you got to do a manual inspection yeah. where you just pull that mulch away and feel the soil. Uh, you know, the plant's going to tell you too. So you're right. That's this, true. Th- yeah. This this time of year, you want to you want to start to look uh, look visually at the plant. And and what I noticed with my zays, it was just it was they were wilting, and I said, wow. And so, and then once I did that, now I'm just looking for the wilting. And, but but now that I know, I just got to do it once a week. I just okay, I schedule. I say like on a Wednesday or Thursday, I'm going to go out there and soak each each one for 20 or 30 minutes. And if I do that, I know that that's going to do it because hopefully the temperatures aren't going to get too much hotter than 104. <laughs> so if they do, we've got a problem. But, but th- that works, and you, you just want to figure it out. Once you've got it figured out, you know what you've got to do. But you've got to take the time to inspect it and figure it out, and uh, that's important. Now, when, I, when it comes to raised beds, Jeff, and containers, different story altogether i can tell you right now if it is not drying out every day then something's wrong with the container it's holding water you know it's it's yeah. it doesn't have any holes or the holes clogged up so at this point in this extreme weather you need to be watering any container plant at least once once a day and and, and what i mean by at least is is that uh, it just kind of depends on the container. It depends on the soil. It depends how mature the plant is. A plant that has grown all summer and was in a small pot may have a lot of roots in there now. That water's not stained. Anything that is very, very root-bound right now is going to be hard to keep alive yeah. because you just can't, you can't water it enough because the water's going all the way through. That plant is big, and it's just not pick up the moisture. So you'd have to repot it, and you say, oh, it's a bad time to repot. Not really, uh, but you're going to have to take care of it more. 
but you, by repotting, you'd break those roots up, put it in a bigger pot, and if it's a plant that belongs in the sun, don't put it in the sun initially. Put it in a, in a shady area. Trust me, that sun is intense right now. So even though it might be under a tree, it's still getting enough light to until it uh, acclimates and its root system starts to grow again. So don't be afraid to, you know, a plant that's, that's outgrown its container. No, you need to do it. And really, you want to do it by the end of September. You want to have all that done. Uh, you don't want to go too late into the fall of repotting. And um, so kind of, kind of keep that in mind. Let's switch a little bit now to uh, vegetables, Jeff. And actually, a few people are starting to come in, and uh, really the, the, uh, the people who are, are interested in doing their own seeding. And the main thing that's starting to plant now would be cabbage, broccoli, and cauliflower. That's the big ones. There's other things, too. There's kale and uh, Brussels sprouts and a few other things. But that's the, that's the big ones, and cabbage being the number one. And you can, you can start cabbage seeds right now. You can't direct seed them, though. It's just too hot to say, I'm going to go just go plant them directly in the rows and let them come up. They will just fry no matter how much you keep them wet. But what you do is you put them in trays with a good, fine seed starter mix, and then you plant your seed in that tray, not so much spacing them out properly, although you don't want them overly populated, but just kind of sprinkling the seeds so hopefully you get them a couple inches apart and just keeping them wet. The good thing about starting the seeds is that they don't need sun to germinate. So you can, right. you can put them in. They're below ground anyway. Well, they're below ground anyway, and they don't have any leaves. Yeah. And that's, where the, that's when the plant needs the sun is when the true leaves come out. So initially it's easy. So you, you get them up, and usually if you keep them moist and uh, you keep the soil moist, you can get them up in 7 to 10 days, and they'll start sprouting. Once you get about you know, a couple inches tall, that's where the problem occurs, Jeff, and that's where people have the most trouble because at that point they need as much sun as you can possibly I was going to say a windowsill, not enough. It's not enough. And, and so what will happen is they're going to stretch, and they're going to get spindly. And you say, oh, I'm going to go give them sun. Now nah, it's too late. So as soon as they start to sprout and come out with the true leaves, that's when they're going to have to have that sun. So the problem there is so hot, you got these nice little tender plants in this little tray <laughs> that's going to dry out, you know, within an hour. That's an issue. So what you do is if, you, if for some reason, if you can find a spot that maybe gets water from, su- I mean, I'm sorry, sun from sun up, sun up till, you know, 1 o'clock. You know, if you can find that situation, that would be ideal. Even then, Jeff, I think you need to set this container in, in water so that as, as the temperatures, as it gets closer to 10, 11 o'clock, it won't dry out on you. You know, normally I'd say, man, you don't want to set anything in water because it's going to stay too wet. Well, that ain't going to happen right now. <laughs> that soil is going to be drying out. So if you can do that and maintain the moisture, then uh, you can actually start your own seedlings. The neat thing about it is, especially if you have kids or you're just saying, look, I'm planting 100 cabbage plants. I don't want to spend, you know, the money on the plants. It's a cheap try. I mean, you can buy little plastic trays or, or save little trays. Get your, don't, don't skimp on the seed starter. Put you a good seed to start. The seeds are relatively inexpensive. So it's a cheap try. If it fails, you know, you lost a few dollars, but not much. And, uh, but just, don't, just know that the, the biggest mistake people make is that I'm going to grow them inside and let them get, you know, four or five inches tall, and it's not going to work. They're going to get too spindly. Once you get them and, and they kind of harden off in these trays, then you can start to take them and transplant them into these little peat pots or even a You wouldn't even cup. start them in that? 
You could, Jeff. The problem with that is, is that now you're moving a bunch of plants, and and it's just much easier to control the moisture on a small little tray, and you're going to have extra plants. So let's say you're sprinkling in a normal seed pack. Jeff might have oof, might have 50 seeds in it for for a couple bucks, let's say. All right. So you sprinkle all these seeds, and then then you have some that survive, some don't. So now you're putting a good solid transplant in your pot. So that it kind of saves you. Uh, you know, having to replant because the seeds didn't do well in a pot. One, 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 there was four or five that dried out on you or got too much sun and they burnt. This will allow you to have a healthy plant in each pot. So it's really better to start it that way, Jeff. Uh, but technically, if you were doing five, you know, five little pots for, you know, to show the kids, yeah, you could put two or three seeds in a pot, get them to come up. Once they come up and are reasonably tall, then just don't pull out, pinch out. And, and so you don't, you don't mess up the root system in the one that's good. Just pinch the ones you don't want and leave the, leave the healthier one to stay and grow. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in the tray, you're actually digging them out and you're saving all of them and plugging them. But that's different because you're dealing with a younger plant. And you don't care whether you're disturbed because they're all going to be transplanted anyway. So um, sounds complicated. It really isn't. Uh, but Light is important, and then that tolerance of light to dry is going to be the critical part uh, with this. They can, once you get a decent plant, they can be directly put in the ground. I've seen people, Jeff, plant in the middle of August. Now, maybe this August is going to be different. Middle of August and maintain those plants if they start with a health and get a real early start. And, you know, cabbage, depending on the variety, be 70 to 90 days. And you can get early cabbage. So if you have bare spots and you want to try it, it's worth it. We'll start getting plants in. Normally, it's the middle of August, Jeff. I'm not sure yet. We're going to watch the weather and see what the demand is. But usually in, in, in the month of August, we're going to get the plants. You, if you plant today and you plant a month from today, will you be harvesting a month apart yes. in theory? Yes. Uh, when it comes to like things like cabbage and all that, yes. It's really number of days that will determine what you get. And so... You know, if you have good weather, uh, you know, everything's right. It's supposed to be a, you know, a five-pound cabbage. Then in, let's say, 70 days, you get a five-pound cabbage. If things aren't quite right, uh, let's say, let's say uh, it's, a, it's a severe drought or whatever, the temperatures weren't right, in 70 days, that cabbage is going to be mature, but it may be much smaller, you know, or not as tight. So things can affect it. But usually the number of days is going to be pretty consistent. It's just a matter of what happens during that day. So, you know, if it stays too, too warm, they grow too fast, and uh, they're more leafy. They're not as tight. The heads aren't as tight. So you do need some milder, not cold temperatures, but just milder temperatures where you start to get into the, uh, into the 80s to kind of help slow the growth down. Uh, you know, don't be too concerned. You know, a lot of people planted the, uh, the heat-tired tomato plants, and right now all you're doing is to keep them alive. You're not going to see a tremendous amount of growth. It's too hot, Jeff. You would think, man, the hotter... It's so extreme. It's just saying, I mean, just, just, man, I just got to stay alive. I just not drink this water and stay alive. I, I can't even grow. It's so bad. So if you're doing that, keep in mind the, the root system underneath the soil is growing. So once temperatures start to break a little bit, those tomato plants are going to really start to grow fast. So don't be too concerned. That's true with the landscape beds, too. Uh, you know, people saying, oh, my, my, my uh, camellias or my azaleas aren't growing. I planted them. They really haven't grown. And my answer is always, if it's the first summer and you can keep them alive the first summer, you've done an outstanding job. Your growth is going to come uh, next summer big time. But keep them alive. If you keep them alive and keep them healthy, uh, those plants are going to grow. But it may, it may be, uh, uh, you know, 
more to do with uh, next next season, which is very very common. Uh, I think Jeff, um, I think I've covered it all. Just everybody hang in there. It's uh, it's fall is around the corner. <laughs> I may be blowing smoke a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I want to believe that. Uh, we just need a difference in temperature, and right now we're not getting it. Yeah, yesterday I had a call uh, about foundations, uh, the dryness. I, I'm not sure if you're a foundation expert, but there were ideas of how you can maybe plant uh, along uh, a foundation that might help out. Yeah, and that is a good point. I haven't seen that issue occur, and I'm a guess. I'd say maybe 15 to 20, 30 years ago, we had a major, for several summers, and because if you don't water it, that foundation will potentially crack because of the separation of the soil from the foundation. And, uh, you know, right now, you obviously, you don't have a time to put a bed down, and that would help you a lot. And, uh, and also suggested mulching. Just uh, Well, mulching or, you know, find you some cheap soaker hoses, mm-hmm. and you just put them around there. To be honest with you, Jeff, if it doesn't rain this week, I'm going to start doing that to my slab in certain areas. And I'm just going to do the water hose and move it every 10 feet and let it drip. The crack is is literally about a half an inch right now. It'll be an inch uh, in uh, in another week if we don't get the rain. And I, I don't know how long I'm going to have to let it run, but it, I guarantee you it could run at least a half hour in different spots to soak it. And, it's, and it, won't, it, it won't solve the problem. It's just going to prevent it, hopefully, from getting too bad. But it is an issue. I've seen that. And uh, – I haven't seen this problem start to occur in many, many years, but it's there. And if it, and it, it's the combination now of the drought and the heat. I mean, that water is separated. You'll also see, Jeff, it, Jeff where uh, in, in my situation, I'm close to some trees, to some uh, um, cypress, uh, ball cypress. And those ball cypress have a tremendous number of roots in the ground. And so whatever is in the ground, it's getting pulled and uh, the moisture is, and so it's also causing more separation. Right, right. That's, you know, we, we've talked a lot in the past about thinking about where you plant large trees, and that's one of the factors you should be looking at. Exactly, and some cer- certain trees are, are really not a problem at all to uh, the foundations, but ball cypress, and this ball cypress is probably 30 feet away, but it's getting so dry that that moisture is getting pulled up by the cypress and by the drought. Do I have a caller on the line? Uh, perhaps a question for Richard. Hi, you're in the air. Yes, uh, Richard. What, what's going to happen come the fall crops uh, with all this dry, dry, dry weather, uh, which is going to be detrimental to like the cabbages and carrots and things like that? Well, at this point, uh, because they really haven't started planting the fall crops, uh, I don't see an issue. Now, you're correct. If it, if if the heat it just continues to stay on, and we don't get it dry. It's going to delay the fall crops, and it will detrimentally affect it. Because remember, at this point, if we would, if you would plant some cabbage plants in the ground, uh, all you're going to do is really get these plants to survive and not grow. So yes, but so I'm hoping that uh, that by if if we can start to see a change by September, I think we'll be fine. Uh, now the sugarcane. Uh, Jeff, that's seeing a huge impact uh, in terms of the size and the amount of foliage they have in the cane. It is much, much shorter than it would normally be in years. I've seen it this short in droughts, but we haven't seen, I don't know, Jeff, you can talk to the guys uh, from the ag department, but uh, it, it is it is much shorter 
than it has been in years. Yeah, yeah, I, I, in some areas, no doubt. Some areas uh, is looking real good, too. That's true. You know? I guess so. If you, you get know. in the spotty showers, exactly. that's exactly right. Richard, always a pleasure, unless there's anything else. Jeff, that's it. Thank you.